Blog Talk Radio. Bobby Rydell, and uh, that's my special guest today, and welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network, and uh, today we have Bobby Rydell with us talking about his newest creation, um, which is a book called Teen Idol on the Rocks, A Tale of Second Chances, and I've gone through this book, and it's it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot of really amazing stuff in this book, and uh, we're very happy to have Bobby with us and also my co-host, Spencer Drake. Let me bring everyone in, and I wanted to let everyone know there is a chat room. If you'd like to go into the chat room, it is open. However, you do need to create an account, and also, if you'd like to call in and either speak to myself or Spencer or with um, Bobby, um, you could call 347-677-1036. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring everyone into the studio really quickly. And hopefully it won't cut us off today. Okay, Bobby, are you there? Yes, I am, Judith. Tolly. <laughs> Holly. Oh. Judith. No, Holly. Judith is, 
Yeah, Polly, you thought Judith was on the phone. No, Judith is Spencer's partner, and she's not on the show today. And Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, no, so no, it's no, Holly. that's okay. Yeah, Red Velvet Media is Holly Steffi, and the Indie Cafe is Spencer and myself, and Judith does okay. come on the show once in a while. No, but we are so happy to have you here today, and uh, what a great way to open the show with that wonderful song which I'm sure so many people know. Uh, what, you know, I wanted to ask you really quick, you know, besides the besides the uh, book, I heard you had a smashing birthday party where you where you talked where you had your book released. Um and that song. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that book. was in uh, yeah, that was in New York City at uh, mm-hmm. at uh, Patsy's. Uh yeah, at Patsy's Restaurant. What a wonderful mm-hmm. restaurant, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if Sinatra loved it, I so do I. You know, and uh, yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. We had a lot of New York press there, and a lot of dear friends who came. You know, stopped by not only the press, but uh, you know, just a lot of people. You know, celebrities in the business who are very, very dear mm-hmm. friends. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful evening. And, and for me, uh, I was very honored because. Uh, Bobby's sleeve, the best man cried, is in my very famous 45 RPM book, and I gave Bobby a copy and meant a lot to me, Bobby. Let me tell you. You know what? Uh, that that was my, that was my dad's favorite record. Really? I had wow. two. I had two records. I had two records on Cameo. Uh, best man cried, <clears throat> and a record uh, way before my hits was a song called All I Want Is You. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. they were two of my dad's favorite records, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. What a great way oh, to great. pay tribute to your father. You know, uh, well, we if, it wasn't for, if it wasn't, for, if it wasn't oh, yeah. for my dad, I wouldn't be in the business. <laughs> the story, the story about how your father lost his finger and he bought you your first drum set from his settlement from his finger. Mm-hmm. That is so yeah, that's funny right. when I read that. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah, that. well, you know, I, my, my dad took me to see, I was five years mm-hmm. old. He took me to see, my father loved big bands. And mm-hmm. he took me to see, when I was five years old, Benny Goodman. And wow. uh, oh, wow. playing drums for Benny Goodman was a guy by the name of Gene Krupa. And oh, I said God. to my father, I don't know who that guy is, Daddy, but <laughs> I want to be him. I want to be, and I've been playing drums since I've, since I've been five years old. And wow. the story you're, you're, you're reciting is uh, my dad worked for uh, uh, a company, and uh, he worked, worked a punch press, and he lost his finger. Oh. And oh. He, uh, he bought me my first really good set of uh, William F. Ludwig drums, WFL drums. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> That's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I yeah, wasn't and, and, no, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, no, Bobby, I wanted to ask you about your first gig, March of Dimes Telethon, right? That was your first appearance? The, uh, what was that again, Spence? March of Dimes Telethon. Uh, it was your oh, first my appearance. God. I, I really don't remember, you know. That's, <laughs> it's in the book. Uh, wow. Yeah, there's you know, lots, that, that, of, lots of really amazing trivia in the book. Bobby, why don't you tell us what made you decide to write this book? Because I think it's amazing, all the stuff that you go through. Well, yeah, thank you, Holly. Um, well, you know, being on the road for, my God, it's uh, it's close to six decades now. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. after shows, you would always sit around with people, and you would just, you know, you'd talk and relate stories. 
And everybody would say to me, Bobby, you have so many great stories. Why don't you write a book? Uh-huh. And I would say, who the hell want you know? Who the hell wants to read a book about me? You know, everybody, and, everybody. Well, I mean, thank God, you know, it's come to fruition. And uh, and my wife said, you re- you should really sit down and 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 get together with somebody and 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 put and, and put your life story together, put your autobiography together. So I got together with Alan Slutsky. Uh, who's a musician here in Philadelphia, and he also uh-huh. did a movie called, you know, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, which was a movie on the Funk Brothers, won a cat, you know, excuse me, Grammy Awards, and I've known him for years. I said, well, if anybody, you know, if there's going to be anybody I'm going to talk to, it's going to be Alan Slutsky. And he came over to the house, and we spent close to two years, and I just poured my heart out to him, and all of a sudden, wow. here's the book. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, can too. I, I got to ask you a question, Bobby. You're, um, you were on Cameo Records, and of course, you had a great thing with Dick, Dick Clark, American Bandstand. Tell us something about that. Well, you know, Dick. I mean, the show originated here in Philadelphia on Forty Sixth and Market Street, the American Bandstand. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, but I mean, you know, kids across, you know, the, the United States. He came on at three thirty in the mm-hmm. afternoon to five o'clock. And, you know, if Dick played a record, you know, everybody across the United States, you know, is saying, you know, my God, if Dick is playing it, we have to buy this record. So I'm more or less classified. And Dick had been a very, very dear and sincere and very honest man, you know, through the years that I've known him. And I classified Dick, if I can put it into uh, a perspective, I classified him as a grand slammer. In other words, I'm from Philadelphia, you know, been a Philadelphia sports fan all my life. And Uh Dick would want to know, Dick would want to know if the record was selling, you know, in Detroit, Chicago, you know, Cleveland. So in other words, you would get three men on base and then you would call Mike Schmidt up to the plate. And Mike Schmidt was like the Dick Clark of uh, of disc jockeys, you know. And uh-huh. Dick would play the record, and he would hit a grand slam and would go over the wall for a four-bagger. And, you know, then that record was played every day, you know, from 3.30 to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, Dick was a, a, a big champion for me. Yeah, no, that's amazing. You know, we wanted to also thank Randy um, for setting this interview up from Randex Communications. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want nice. to make sure to thank him very much for helping us get this I, I coordinated will tell him. with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, um, Spence, you know, I talked about this a little bit. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about how you segued into film with Bye Bye Birdie and uh, um, how that, and I mean, music and how it all came together and everything, because you were just like so at your prime then with everything. Well, you know, like once again, if I had any talent within me whatsoever, my dad was the first one to see it. He used to take me around to clubs when I was seven, eight years old, you know, and more or less, you know, uh, when I was seven, eight, nine years old, working these little clubs and getting up and singing a song and doing some impersonations was like my vaudeville, you know, of the day. And by the time, you know, when I became successful, you know, I was already, you know, already kind of used to, you know, show business, you know, at a very, very early age. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as things happened and I became more successful, I went out to California and I screen tested in front of George Sidney, who was the director of Bye Bye Birdie. And I screen tested with Anne. I, I, I screen tested with Anne Margaret. 
And, you know, when you screen test, you're, they, they roll film and they want to know, you know, how you come across on camera, what kind of a personality you have. Read a few lines from the script. Anne and I sang, you know, a, a song from, from Bye Bye Birdie. She sang one boy, I sang one girl, you know, so on and so forth. And uh-huh. so I go home. I go home and my manager at that time was a man by the name of Frankie Day. And a couple of weeks after the screen test, he calls me and he said, you landed the part of Hugo Peabody in Bye Bye wow. Birdie. And, oh, boom, wow. you know, we went out, yeah, we went out to California for Columbia and uh, shot the film. It took about four months to shoot, you know, Bye Bye Birdie. And, uh, you know, I'm not a movie star, you know. I haven't done a lot of movies, but if I did one movie, uh, you know, Bye Bye Birdie has become a classic over the years. It is, it is. It's historical. Oh, listen, it's I amazing. Also, also, Holly and I would like to ask you about, this is a big one, the Copa Cabana, the youngest singer to sing the Copa, and then your story with Frank Sinatra. That's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that was the first time I met Blue Eyes. And, uh, well, when I first opened the Copa, like you said, I was 19 years old. And then after I had finished, you know, working there, we went to see a comedian by the name of Joey Lewis. And matter oh, yeah. of fact, Sinatra made a movie uh, called The Joker is Wild, based on Joey Lewis's life. Mm-hmm. And I walk into the club, I walk into the into the Copa, and my dad and my manager were already there. I was doing German TV, and then I came back, you know, to uh, uh, to the Copa to go see Joey Lewis. And one of the waiters said to me, Bobby, he said, would you like to sit with Frank? Well, my oh, manager's wow. name was Frank. You know, my manager's name was Frank. I said, don't worry, Carmine. I said, I'll just go down. He said, Bobby, Frank. <laughs> and oh, wow. I said, and I, my, my, you know, I'm 19 years old. I, I, I've listened like, to Sinatra oh, since I was 10, since I was 10, 11 years old. I listened to Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And he said, do you want to sit with him? I said, oh, oh, my God, no, no. You know, I'm 19 <laughs> years old, you know. And, uh, you know, the show ends, and, you know, the show's over, and Frank leaves the uh, the cabaret. He leaves the Copa. And I thought to myself, well, I'll never meet him again. That was it. I had my shot, and I blew it. I go upstairs to the lounge to say goodnight to Jules Padel, who was like the boss of the Copa, and Sinatra comes walking through the kitchen doors. And I said, I called him Uncle <laughs> oh, Julie. Wow. I said, Uncle Julie, all I want to do is shake his hand. You want to meet Frank? I said, I'd love to. So Frank Sinatra sitting with Sammy Kahn and Jimmy Van Hughes and Richard Conti and Joe DiMaggio. And <laughs> nice. Jules Podell nice. hits. Yeah, yeah. So, so Podell hits Sinatra on the shoulder. I almost died. And he said, Frank, I want you to meet the kid. And Sinatra stood up Aww. with those blue eyes, put out his right hand. He said, how you doing, Robert? Called me Robert. Aww. And I said, I'm fine. I'm fine, Mr. Sinatra. How are you? He says, I'm wonderful. He said, would you care to join us? I said, it would be my pleasure. And I sat there like a goof. I didn't say two words. You know, I was in awe. And uh, about a couple of minutes after I sat down, uh, Sinatra turns to me and he says, what do you drink, Robert? I said, Coke. I figured if I said Scotch and Ward, I'd get smacked in the face, you know. But uh, that was my first uh, first meeting with uh, with uh, Mr. S. And and uh, and I had been in his company, you know, after that for quite a few times. And he he was always marvelous to me. He was always absolutely wonderful. Uh, well, tell us about the Golden Boy story. You favorite yeah. the TV variety. Well, 
Uh, yeah, well, my manager, you know, whose name is Dick Fox, and he's in New York City, and uh, he had an idea to, to put three Italian kids, you know, from South Philadelphia. My real name is Ritterelli, and Avalone and Forte, you know, Fabian Forte. And he had an idea to put these three teenage idols together to do a tour. And he talked to the three of us, and we all said, you know, we were all born and raised like no more than two blocks away from one another in South Philadelphia. And we all knew one another. I said, my God, that sounds great. You know, so we did, you know, it was 1985. And the crowds were absolutely tremendous. I mean, packed, you know, all all over the place. And I turned to Frank, and I, uh, Avalon, I'm speaking about, and I've known Frankie since I was 10 years old. Frankie's a couple of years older than me. And I turned to Frankie. I said, how long do you think this is going to last, Cheech? I called him Cheech in Italian. Frank is Cheech, you know. And I said, how long do you think this is going to last, Frank? I said, maybe, you know, a year, two years tops, and it's over. Well, that was 1985. It's now 2016. We're still doing the show. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, another touching story, Bobby, uh, is the Red Skelton story uh, that he... Oh, God. yeah, a great part of your life. You thought you were like a son to him, right? And Absolutely. Tell us about Abs- that. Tell us about well, that. I, uh, I, I guess uh, I did 12 shows with uh, Mr. Skelton. And um, the first show I did, uh, whenever 1960, I guess it was, the Red Skelton Hour, and uh, a guy uh, who was the uh, uh, producer of the show, he said, uh, I understand that you do an impersonation of uh, one of Red's characters. I said, yeah, I do Klemke Diddlehopper. <laughs> and he says, can I Aww. hear it? And I, and I started doing, you know, Klemke Diddlehopper. And Red was, uh, was, uh, was with David Rose, and he was with the orchestra going over a song. And he heard me. And, you know, he started coming back at me as Clemke Diddlehopper. Make a long story short, I was was, uh, the only guest artist who ever impersonated one of Red's characters on his show. He played Clem, and I played Zeke, yeah. And, you know, he lost his son at a very early age via leukemia. And, you know, like you, you, like you said, uh, Spencer, he more or less took me under his wing, like, like I almost, you know, was his, his son. Yeah. And he invited me out to his home in Palm Springs. His wife said, Bobby, I can, I can tell you on one hand the people that he's invited out here. So wow. he became, you know, very, very dear, very, very close to the point where I did he like 12 shows. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, That's you know, amazing. I was so fortunate, so fortunate early in my career to work with, Skelton and Benny and George Burns and Perry Como and Danny Thomas and Milton Berle. I mean, the list goes on. And, you know, know, at that particular time in my career, I was still a puppy. I'm, you know, 20, 21 years old. And all you could do was learn from these people. I used to stand in the wings and just watch them after I was done, how they read a line, you know, how their timing went. You know, it was just, you know, what a great time for me, you know, to – to learn and 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 to and to be around the giants in the business at a very very early age. Yeah. Mhm. You know, when you we talked about film a bit earlier when I talked about Bye Bye Birdie, you also were up for the lead role in um The Graduate and uh mm-hmm. you yeah, I want to hear about that cuz that's very interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, I uh, if you remember a show called Combat with Vic Morrow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I right. did it. Yeah, I did an episode called the called the Duel, and it was Vic Morrow, myself. I was under a truck, and he was fighting off a German tank. And the uh, casting director was a man by the name of Lynn Stolmaster. And he threw me a script. He said, Bobby, I want you to read this script, you know. And then, you know, when you read it, I want you to come and read for me. And I said, okay, uh, Mr. Stallmaster, you know, that sounds fine. And the script was The Graduate. And I read, uh, I read the script, and then I read for Lynn Stallmaster. And uh, Lynn Stallmaster went back to Mike Nichols, who was the director-producer of The Graduate, and he said to uh, Mike Nichols, he said, Bobby Rydell just gave me one hell of a reading. And from what I understand, Mike Nichols went, yeah, yeah, but no, he's not really what I'm looking for. And, of oh, course, wow. Dustin Hoffman, you know, Dustin Hoffman got the role. Mm-hmm. But at least I read for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And you've, got an, and, you, and you've got a film coming out later in the year um, with uh, Robert De Niro, correct? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a cameo uh, kind of thing. It's supposed to take place at a, uh autograph convention. And the mm-hmm. director was, uh, was a guy by the name of, uh, uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it right now. Um, anyway, uh, I, I meet, I'll, I'll get it in a, in a little bit. Uh, he comes into, uh, he comes into the make. Uh, Taylor Hackford, thank you ever so much. Yeah. You know, You're I have a good welcome. memory, but it's short. You know, uh, so he comes into the uh, he comes into the makeup room. He introduces himself. He says, "Bobby Taylor Hackford." I said, "My pleasure, Mr. Hackford." He, I, he says, "I've been a very, very big fan of yours for years." I said, "Well, thank you. That's very nice to know." He says, "You know the scene, don't you?" I say, "Yeah, it's an autograph section. Mr. De Niro is sitting to my right. People come up, ask for autographs." He said, "Yeah, that's basically it." But once we get on the set. He says, I, I may have a few ideas. Well, from a few, I, you know, from just sitting down and signing autographs, now I've got like four or five lines with Robert De Niro. That's awesome. And it was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Great. It was, and, he, and, and he was wonderful. The first time I met him, I'm sitting down at like, you know, it was, it was a break during, you know, during filming. And he mm-hmm. comes out, and I'm sitting down. He said, and he looks at me, and he says, Bobby, and I look up, he says, Robert De Niro. (laughs) Yes, my pleasure, Mr. De Niro. And he says, well, he says, what are you doing now? He says, are you the president of a company? And so I said, no, Mr. De Niro. I said, "Uh, I'm still singing. He says, oh, that's that's wonderful. I mean, he was so laid back. He was absolutely gorgeous, you know. He was really precious. He took the time to take pictures with me and my wife. He was he was just great, great. you know. Yeah. Yeah. The movie's called. Yeah. The movie's called. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have German shepherds at your house. Do you have German Who? shepherd dogs at your house? Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's a, well, well. They're, they're my two rescue dogs. One is Ringo and one is Bella. I got a male and a female, and, and, Bella and I got a cat. And Ringo. Bella and Ringo. <laughs> Bella's the female. Ringo's the male, and we got a cat behind the couch because the cat don't come out when the two dogs are running around. <laughs> hey, Bobby, let me ask you a question. What singers did you look up to? 
at a very early age, you know, uh, because my dad took me to see, you know, the big bands, you know, not only Doris, uh, not only Benny Goodman, but Tex Benneke, Artie Shaw, the Dorsey wow. Brothers, you know, Basie. Incredible. So I became very interested in that kind of music at a very early age. And I mm-hmm. would venture to say when I was like 10, 11 years old, I listened to the old man. I listened to Sinatra. You know, All right. I, yeah. love, I love Sinatra. That's yeah. what you were saying. That's what you were saying. Did you ever tell him yeah. that, that you listened to his music when you were hanging out with him? You used to listen to his like, music uh, when you were younger. No, no, I never told him that, you know. <laughs> you didn't? Oh. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, when I first met him, you know, my God, I, I was yeah, in awe. I mean, you know, and my God. DiMaggio and everyone sitting I mean, I couldn't people. even say two words to him. You know, no. I really didn't. You know, I, 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 you know, I think, I think that I think the first thing I said to him was, you know, uh, you know, uh, how are you, Mr. Sinatra? He says, I'm That's fine. Awesome. Would you care to join us? And I said, it would be That's my pleasure. Great. And I don't think I said two words after that. Wow. Yeah. They were just sitting there talking the whole time. Well, you know, this book really covers a lot, and what I did want to cover, because I know we're on, on a very limited schedule, was your book signings and what you're doing now uh-huh. and what your schedule is. So we'll get your website out really quick. It's Bobby. There's BobbyRidellBook.com where you can get the book, and you can order customized personal messages Um about, you know, uh, well, well, we've kind of, we, 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 I'm sorry, we've kind of taken that off as far as messages okay. are concerned. If you go to BobbyRidellBook.com, you can get mm-hmm. the book from there, and then they come to my house, and I personally autograph the book to whoever, you know, the oh. person is that buys it. But you can also buy the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, and stuff like that. And then you're doing a tour, a book tour, Correct. Well, it coincided with, you know, the different, you know, appearances that I have coming up, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're we're trying to, yeah, uh, matter of fact, I do something, uh, I leave tomorrow for New York City to do something with Bruce Morrow, uh, and it's okay. like, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it, uh, if you remember uh, Palisades Park in New York, and, and Bruce Morrow yeah. used to be there all the time and have record hops, you know. So it's like uh, it's like a tribute to Bruce and, and Palisades, and then the next day I go to Collins, uh, Collins I think it's called Collins, New Jersey, for a book mm-hmm. signing with Barnes and Noble. So yeah, I'm running all over the place with this book. <laughs> hey, by the way, Bobby, uh, Bruce, Bruce Morrow uh, and I are very good friends. He has a he has a 45 book, by the way. He, uh, I was on his oh, show nice. with Judith about the book, and we were talking about. Oh God! All all these some of the singers in our book, and you were one of them. I mean, it was, all, it was years ago. But anyway. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, I mean, he he he. You know, he has been so good to me over the years. And, yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, when the book first yeah when the book first came out, you know, I went on the you know, on the air with him on you know sixties on six on Sirius. And he was just, you know, just plugging the book like crazy. And, uh, you know, over the years, my God, you know, we have been, you know, such good and close friends, you know, that anything he asks for, you know, if I have the opportunity to do it, I'm going to do it for him. And Bobby, well, who did know, I flip on the who did I flip on the radio when I was a kid? Bruce Morrow, right? <laughs> well, funny. my God, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, look at all of the years this man has been around. God bless him. Yeah, and he has yeah. sustained, you know. Now he's going, he's going from just regular radio to a station that's all over the world for crying out loud. 
That's right. Yeah. That's a good guy. Yeah. Just so you know, this show is global. It is heard everywhere. And if you miss the beginning of the show, it will be available on iTunes afterwards as a podcast. And also oh, wonderful. As an immediate, yeah. And also as an immediate download on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, and during the Indie Cafe. And, Super. Um, yeah, yeah, and what I wanted to ask you really quick, because I know that we're limited again on time, when you did this book, um, what part of the, are there any certain parts of the book that really, like, you were more drawn to and it was really something that you went through when you wrote it? Well, the toughest thing in the book, you know, uh, for me mm-hmm. was, uh, first of all, to talk about my first wife, Camille. We were married mm-hmm. for 36 years, had two children, and 2003 she passed away with uh, breast cancer. And mm-hmm. that was extremely tough to talk about. Oh, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and then the portion in the book about my mother, you know, that was kind of hard to talk about. But once, you know, like I said, once again, if I was going to do an autobiography, I mean, this had to be brutally honest, you know, very sincere and Absolutely. very true. So, you know, and that's what the book reads. I poured my heart out to Alan Slutsky. And a couple of those things were very, very hard to talk about. But I figured, look, I, I got to do this, you know. And uh, uh-huh. and I think, the, I think the book reads that way, you know. It's a very it easy does. read. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. It is. It's yeah. a beautiful, yeah. it's a beautiful book. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, what kind of music are you personally listening to today? Oh, I, uh, what I listen to is uh, if I, when I'm home, I, I don't have, of course, I don't have radio on. I'm watching TV. Right now I'm watching a golf tournament. I don't even know where the hell they are. Oh, they're in Bethesda, Maryland. <laughs> they're in Bethesda, Maryland right now. Uh-huh. And uh, But when I'm, in the, when I'm in the car, you know, I'll tune, you know, to 60s on 6, 50s on 5, seriously Sinatra. And right. other than that, I'm listening to... WIP here in Philadelphia, which is Sports Talk Radio, which oh. I'm, you know, I'm a Philadelphia sports fanatic, you know, so I got to find out what's Absolutely. happening, you know, with, with all of our, with all of our teams here in Philly, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Cool. I remember that, you know. Um, I know that you went through a lot of things in this book, and especially the um, transplant that you had, and you talk about your right. health a lot in the book, and. Right. Obviously you say you. I well, you know, you uh, the reason the transplant. Mm-hmm. Well, the liver, you know, because of the the transplant happened, you know, I had a new liver and a new kidney, and that was mm-hmm. July ninth of two thousand twelve, and July ninth of this year, it'll be four years since my double transplant. Wow. And that all happened because I was I was I I became an alcoholic. I was a drunk. I mean, when my wife passed mm-hmm. away. In 2003, there was such a void in my in my life because there was nobody to lay with, nobody to talk to, nobody to smile with, nobody to laugh with, nobody to cry with. And all of a sudden, Vodka became a very dear friend. And, uh-huh. and uh, I mean, to the point where, you know, you know, the liver is a wonderful organ. It could take a hell of a lot. But then it comes to a point where the liver says, hey, that's it, I'm done. I can't Uh take no more, you know, and thank God I was lucky enough and was practically a miracle how I got the liver and and, and the new kidney. And uh, and as the book says, you know, Bobby Rydell, Teen Idol on the Rocks, rocks, a tale of second chances. And here I am. 
that's amazing. This is my second and, chance. Absolutely. And, and Bobby, you look really re- great. I remember seeing you. Yeah, you well, thank really you. Great. Thank you ever so much. I feel wonderful. I, I you know, I'm singing great. My chops feel wonderful. Great. And uh, I'm I'm just so happy that, you know, like the book says, I, that I do have a second chance, you know, at doing yeah. what I've always loved to do all of my life. That's right. That's amazing. That's just so amazing. You know, what I wanted to ask you before we end our show is, um, is there anything to any uh, young listeners or anybody listening that maybe is a fan or anything, any kind of advice you would give anyone um, in regards to singing or keeping their dreams well, alive? Well, I mean, I, I really can't tell anybody how to sing. You know, that, that that's something that's very, very personal, and, you know, and mm-hmm. they sing the way they sing. I mean, when I first started, you know, I was very lucky to be able to take vocal lessons, and I learned how to sing properly. A lot of, you know, young singers today sing on the throat, which can totally ruin your chops, you know, your vocal cords. you got to right. learn how to sing from the diaphragm. You have to learn how to breathe and support a note properly. And uh, other than that, I would say, you know, work as much as you possibly can and nurture your craft as much as you can. Of course, they're not the people around today that I was fortunate enough to be able to be associated with, like the Skeltons and the Bennies and the George Burns, you know. And, you know, unfortunately... You know, uh, like, uh, just, you know, out of the blue, a kid like Justin Bieber, you know, uh, his mother makes a a thing, and it's on YouTube, and the kid's like 14, 15 years old, and like Uh overnight, he's a multi-millionaire, and uh, that's really, really tough to handle, you know, really tough to Uh handle. Like I said earlier, when my my dad took me around, I was seven, eight years old doing impersonations and singing, it was kind of like vaudeville, you know, vaudeville for me. I got a taste, I got a taste of, you know, what the business could be like and learn from that. Today, it's overnight, and, you know, when you're 14, 15 years old, that's got to be really, really tough to become a multimillionaire overnight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would be able to handle that if that happened to me back then. Yeah. Oh, sure. Do you still Very keep true. in touch with Very a true. lot of your friends? Uh, what, you, when you say you friends, what do you mean? Meaning the people that you played with and people that are still here in this world today, the people that you, 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 mean, you know, the, played like with a, a, the, the guys and girls that I grew up with? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My next-door neighbor uh, mm-hmm. was a, a guy by the name of Lucy Osi, and he was a trumpet oh, player, I and it. I played drums. And he's a barber by trade, but I keep I keep in touch. Oh my God, I can go oh, down the great. list. You know, there was Lucy Oshie, yeah. Joe Priori, a guy we used to call Animal. Yeah, you know, it, you know, it was the it was South Philadelphia. You know, it was oh, hanging no, on I the corner. It. Yeah, you know, it was it was going to the malt shop and you know listening to the Wurlitzer and having a Sunday, you know, and having a Coca Cola and listening to records, you know. And I still, you know, to this day, you know, all of the friends, you know, are still, you know, you know, from when I grew up, we're still very, very close. That's amazing. That's great. And you all guys all just still get together and have dinner once in a while and do the. Uh, oh well, uh, you know, being like that. like I said earlier, being Italian, when I'm home every oh, Wednesday night. Uh, me and seven, eight other guys, we, we go to a, 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 a an Italian restaurant in South Philadelphia every Wednesday. You know, it could be uh, Dante and Luigi. Uh, excuse me? 
What's what? the restaurant that you guys go? What's the restaurant? Oh my God! Go there's there's so many Italian restaurants in South Philadelphia. We go to Trace oh, Gallini. We go to Dante and Luigi's. We go to Ralph's. Mm-hmm. We go to Villa de Roma. We go to La Familia. Villa de Roma. Love that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So every That's Wednesday neat. night when I'm home, we all get together. You know, and the food is great. You know, wherever we go, the food is great, but it's camaraderie, you know, because we, you know, we just, you know, we, we, we you know, we just jump on one another, you know, and we uh-huh. just have, we have a lot of laughs. You know, it's a great evening out with the guys. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's great. So you're going to be in New York tomorrow, and then you're going to be running around with your book. And if anyone right. wants uh, to see your schedule, they can go to your website, correct? Yeah, it's a matter of fact, it's in uh, an area called Clifton, New Jersey. And that mm-hmm. would be on the Sunday, yeah, from 2 to 4 o'clock at Barnes & Noble in Clifton, okay. New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Do you like doing those meet and greets? Do you like meeting your Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first one I did was in Springfield, New Jersey. Uh, Barnes and Noble, and a, a, a really nice crowd showed up. And prior to you know signing books, we had a Q and A, you know, and uh-huh. people just throw questions. Oh, and, and I, yeah, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I bet they love that. Okay. Absolutely, well, and I love you know, it as well. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet your fans are probably you probably get a lot back from your fans because they all remember. All the really great memories. There's a lot of great memories that go with a lot of your music. Your music has a stirs a lot of memories in a lot of people, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. So oh, great, yeah. I so mean, not only music. me, but yeah, not only me, but all of the guys who came up, you know, back in the uh, in the early fifth, you know, in the mid fifties to the early sixties. What what a great time mm-hmm. to grow up, you know, a wonderful time. And unfortunately, that'll never come back again. It's over, you know. It's done. But you know, I'm I'm so happy to be able to be one of those baby boomers that came up in that particular time in my life. It was absolutely fantastic. That's great. That's great. Well, Teen Idol on the Rocks: A Tale of Second Chances. Make sure you get that book. Bobby Rydell is going on tour with that. If you want to get the book, you can go to BobbyRydellBook.com. It's also available on Barnes and Noble and at Amazon. And um. Anything else you wanted to add to the interview, Spence? No, I think um, that's it. I mean, uh, there's so much stuff in the book. I just want everybody to say, and I, I know Holly knows this, there's a lot of other great stories that I haven't even touched in this book that are amazing. so amazing. Amazing, yeah. Right? Okay. So, I want to wish you the best, and uh, especially with Cousin Brucey, that should be a lot of fun, Bobby. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a nice man. He really is, he is a nice he is, man. He is, Yeah. We're going to be ending the show with a song called Sway, which I know a lot of people know. You want to tell us a little bit about that song? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to uh, record some really, really good songs, one being Volati, one being Oblad Magic, and then the one that you're going to play now, Sway, which, uh, matter of fact, the guy that I'm, uh, I really like today is a guy by the name of Michael Blue Blay. And uh, uh-huh. he rec- he recorded Sway, and that was his first song that kind of introduced him to the public. And, you know, not only him, but Dean Martin recorded the song, and I recorded the song. So, And it's a, it's really a, a, a really good recording of it. It's a, you know, nice version of Sway. Mm, yeah, I've heard it. I've actually yeah. heard it. 
Well, I want to thank you so much. And, again, today's Friday, guys. Go into the weekend. Please do not drink and drive. Um, yeah. And enjoy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, 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 always, oh no! Yeah, I'm been on, there, done I, that. Yeah. Hey, listen. I end all my shows on Friday saying that because I'm in Sonoma and uh, I'm on a vineyard. So yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy up here. <laughs> I call them. I call them weekend warriors, the ones that come in to do the wine tasting and then drive everybody. Oh my God! Yeah, in Sonoma. Are you kidding? My God. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we want to wish everyone a beautiful weekend. Make sure you go out and uh, check out the Bobby Rydell website. Find out where he's going to be. If you can't get to any of the book signings, make sure to get the book because there's so many amazing stories in this book. Um, and also, Holly, if you uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, of course. And if you decide that you do want to drink, make sure that you have a designated driver to take you exactly. home. Exactly. For exactly. sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So did so did we miss anything in the book that you'd like to talk about, Bobby? Wow. Um, well, we covered we covered yeah. my wife. We covered Sinatra. We covered my mother. We covered all of the people that I've had the good good fortune to work with. I'd like to ask you. Wait yeah. a minute. Maybe just one thing. The 60, 1962 Hollywood Bowl. You had some, you were close with that. There was something you were very you liked about that appearance. Uh, yeah, I I I, I, forget, I think Annette was on that particular show. And uh, it, I, I think I think Dick Clark was there as well, wow. and there was a uh, there was a disc jockey from the, you know from the L.A. area whose name I cannot remember at the time, but there's a picture of me at rehearsal with this jockey, with this disc jockey, and I had the really good fortune of meeting Nelson Riddle. Oh, you know, oh wow. You know, wow! Oh yeah, yeah, and That's that heavy. you know that. Oh yeah, that was fantastic, you know. And the bowl, of course, was a great venue to work. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's 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 so cool. But what what else besides the bowl? Anything else that you want to share with our <laughs> listeners? We want to get more out of you. See. <laughs> How about what happened? Some good recipes. We want to hear some good recipes. Some good recipes. Oh well, I'm not a cook. <laughs> if you want to hear recipes, you have to talk to Frankie Avalon. He's a, oh, Frankie's, wow. Frankie's, really? Frankie's Frankie's yeah, Frankie's a good cook. I mean, I know what I like to eat. I, yeah. I I know what I love to eat, but I could never cook it. I would, you know, my wife had rest her soul. She was a wonderful cook, but I know me, I can't cook. Uh, you know, I know what I want when I want to go to an Italian restaurant, but wow. cooking, no, forget, yeah. Frankie you know. Avalon, a cook, huh? That's amazing. Oh, he's very good. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, he's got a book out. He's got a cookbook. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, he's got a cookbook out. I remember years yeah. ago when we first started with the Golden Boys, uh, mm-hmm. We were working Valley Forge Music Fair, which is only 20 minutes from my house here. And after mm-hmm. the show, Fabian and Frankie and his kids, and they all came over to the house. Camille, of course, was still alive, and Camille cooked, you know, a phenomenal Italian dinner. And so Frankie, years later, he said, you know, Bobby, i got to reciprocate. He says, I could never, never, never match, you know, what Camille made. He said, but I want you over to the house, you know, when you come out to L.A. for dinner. 
So we go over to Frankie's house and his wife, Kay. They're just beautiful people. And for, once again, Frankie says, I can't, do, I could never duplicate Bobby what Camille made. So all he made was Philadelphia cheesesteaks. <laughs> oh, I miss those. I miss those. And it was you know, wonderful. I, did, wow. I love those. And pizza steaks, too. The pizza steaks are amazing. I love I never had a pizza, pizza steak. Ste- I never had a pizza steak. I've had pizzas, but not a pizza steak. I don't even know oh, what a pizza uh, steak is. It's a cheese steak, but it's got the marinara sauce on it with the with the meat and the cheese. So it's like a meatball sandwich without the meat. It's the steak. It's unbelievable. <laughs> See what you're, what I forgot to tell you, Bobby, was I'm from that area too. Um, I lived. We're in about. The main, we're off, about Tali. Off the main, off the main line area near Wallingford. Oh. You know where that is? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where I live now. I live in on the main line. Well, you know so what? You that's know. a great area. And my partner, Judith, mm-hmm. lived in Gladwin for a while. Well, mm-hmm. that's right around the corner. That's yeah. right yeah, around the corner from where I live. I mean, yeah. I can go, mm-hmm. I make a left out of my driveway, I make a hard right, and I'm in Gladwin. <laughs> It's like two yeah, minutes away. Area. I'm in an area called I'm in an area called Penn Valley. Oh, I know where you are. And that's like you yeah. know just a minute, two minutes away from Gladwin. You're near Bloomingdale's. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're near Bloomingdale's. I know where you are. I know. Um, no, that, that not Bloomingdale's. I'm right around the corner. I'm right around the corner from Saks Fifth Avenue, but not Bloomingdale's. Saks Fifth Avenue and all that. Yeah, I know where you are. I know that area beautiful right now this time of the year too well we want to thank you so much for being here today um and thank uh, you holly you know we're going to end our show with the song sway and again uh, we um if you missed the show it will be available on itunes and i want to thank everyone that's been listening today and again the show will be available on itunes afterwards and uh with that we can uh play sway how's that would you like well, that? thank you for cool. your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Holly. You're welcome. Keep going. Thank you. Same here. Thank you so much. Here Same you here. Go. Thank you.